Come with me and you'll be in a world of cinematic adventures. Welcome back to Cinematic Adventures. This is Jackie yet again with Vince. How are you, Vince? Doing well. How are you doing tonight? I am doing all right. Editing is kicking my ass, but I will make it through. I will be okay. So tonight, second week of October, we are talking Underworld. When you That's saw right. Underworld, you said you saw it in the theater, right? Back in the day. Back in the day, which was a Wednesday, apparently. Um, yeah, another correctly. By the way, if anybody like if there's anyone who's a fan of Dane Cook, you will realize I use a lot of Dane Cook punchlines, mainly because he has my birthday. So I feel like obligated. Also, the name of the show, Cinematic Adventures, if you didn't catch it from the intro, it came from Dane Cook. That's Dane Cook saying Cinematic Adventures in the intro. That's where I got it from. Anywho, uh, <laughs> so... So you um, you saw them in the theaters. Did you see all of them in the theaters or just like the first couple ones? First three. First three. Those are the best three. Those are the best ones. Because like after that, it's just kind of like, why? Why did you do that? Why did you keep going? Well, I mean, when the when the fourth one came out, I didn't realize it came out until literally it was like, like, oh, it's coming to like the dollar theater. And all of a sudden it's on DVD. It's like, wait, what? It's like, was it <laughs> straight to DVD? He's like, no, I, I just happened to miss it. Yeah, that's how significant it was. So which yeah. of the three is your favorite? Oh, wait, you wanted to just talk about the first one, right? Yeah, but well, favorite of the three, uh, first three probably was the third, The Rise of Lycans, just because mm-hmm. I I like how, and this will kind of roll into the movie itself, how the Lycans and the vampires came to bounce with each other, how the war started. Yeah. You know which what's is- good about this series it did what Star Wars should have done, could have done, but didn't do. It started out, it gave you a premise, and then was like, hey, that lore sounded pretty cool, didn't it? Well, we're going to show you that lore. And as long as they went back in time and like took you back to, like it basically gave you the lore, it was good. And then as soon as it came back to present, it was like, or like went to the future, it kind of sucked. Because, like, the fourth and fifth one were, like, all... Especially the fifth one. What the hell was that? She was, like, frozen and shit. And it's, like, what? Yeah, I don't even... Like I said, I've seen it twice. I don't remember it. It's so weird. I know I know. there's one where, yeah, she time jumps. And Michael time jumps, too. And they have a daughter all of a sudden. And the daughter's missing. That's the fourth one, I want to say. Okay. I think <laughs> it's it's either the you know it's the fourth one yeah because the third one is still like that takes you back to like the lichens and like the you know the the past but then and I think that's the one where you yeah. find out that Corvus is still alive and then and then he dies of course yeah. um, and then in the fourth one it's when somehow Michael was like captured and um, she gets knocked out. And when she comes to, she discovers that she had a daughter that I don't know how she didn't know that she had because the daughter's not like brand new. She's like eight or some shit. Wasn't she like in <laughs> hypothermia or something or cryo? No, that was like him. That, like Michael was. Michael okay. was in like the cryogenic chamber thing. Maybe she was too. I See, that's my point. These, the movie sucks so bad. I don't remember. <laughs> like, I don't remember the details. I know Michael was though. Cause I remember like that was a thing with him when he came out. Cause like she went to go get him, And um, cause I think like at the time he, he was like, he had, scheduling conflicts or something because he couldn't be in the whole movie so he, he was, was like just like in a couple of scenes yeah and um he was in like they they showed him like for a few seconds while he was in the like cryogenic chamber and then like at the very end like he fought somebody and then i think they killed him off or something i don't even remember spoilers uh, <laughs> oh well i mean to listen to the show is to get spoilers plus it's underworld these movies are what a decade old at this point well, the first one came out in 2003, so yeah, we're going on 17 years. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, I don't feel bad for you. My whole thing is, if a movie has been out for longer than two months and you haven't seen it, you probably don't care about spoilers for it. 
Because in two, if you really wanted to see it, you could see it within two months. Because most movies nowadays, well, at least okay, pre-COVID, most movies didn't it, like they two months was pretty much their shelf life. If they were good, maybe four. But like things go to Blu-ray and digital almost instantly now. I remember like VHS days when it was like movies could stay like that's how Titanic. That's how Titanic got number one. It stayed in theaters for a solid year. It just didn't leave because every as long as you're doing well, they're going to keep it out. But um, but nowadays it's like you got to rush to get to, you know, you got to rush to get to Blu-ray or it's actually not even Blu-ray. You got to rush to get to digital and things are like, I remember, dude, the year Black Panther came out. Black Panther came out in February Mm -hmm. by April they were like digital copies coming out. And I'm like, are you kidding? Like, it's not even, it's not even a full movie run, man. Like you gotta give it some time to breathe. And they're like, nah, it's good. We're going to like infinity wars coming out next month. Here's the Blu-ray. We're moving on. Like, what? <laughs> Things are yeah. coming out like so fast. It's insane. For me. Like I, oh, well, I kind of hate how they always go like, Oh yeah, we'll release digital two weeks before the Blu-ray is like, why am I going to pay 25 bucks or 30 bucks for a digital copy when I buy the Blu-ray, get a physical disc and the digital copy? Exactly. You just have to wait like an extra month. Like <laughs> that's it. Yeah. yeah. Ah, we old folks. Anyhow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So back to underworld. So I'm looking now, here's the funny thing, even though I have like the, I have the Blu-ray of um, of the first three. I don't have the last two. And it's not because I didn't like them. It's because I bought the the set before the last two came out. Um, and it's so I, I didn't even realize that Underworld, like the, the series had names. I was just like, Underworld, two, three, four, <laughs> five. It's like, yeah, you're like just, you know, and people are like, you know, when I was I was re rewatching or re-looking into them for this episode it was like endless war and i'm like the hell is endless war apparently that's the the name of episode four of this and awakening i just remember like underworld two underworld three i don't even remember them having different titles and i, yeah, I remember when the second one came out it was like unrolled evolution i was like okay that's cool and the evolution is just like her like becoming like a, a day walker. Well, she did. I mean, technically she evolved. That's her evolution. Yeah. The last second. This is true. Um, Rise of the Lycans is appropriate. Yep. It gave us Lucian, who we all wanted. He was the, probably the best character in this whole series. Watching, watching unrolled the first one. Mm-hmm. You just tell like now knowing what the, the next ones will be like the, the movies, mm-hmm. just how much you're saying for the backstory. Yes. Um, that's another thing. Speaking of movie franchises, I fear are going to do it wrong. I think Aquaman is looking into the wrong part of sequels because they're going to make a movie based on the trench. Nobody gives a shit about the trench, man. If you're going to make a movie based on anything, base it on Atlantis. That's what we care about. Nobody cares about the trench. Anything above Atlantis is the rest of DC. We want to see what happens in Atlantis. And they're like, oh, okay. Creepy bug creatures? No. Literally nobody asked for that. Kind of like Han Solo. What sayest thou on Underworld? What's your verdict? So I think it's a good it's a good movie. Uh-huh. It's you know dark, it's gothy. Something that if you're looking for a good vampire versus werewolf movie, is a good way to go. If you look at the technology that they have in the movie, like they're all using the, these old brick Nokia's, you can laugh at it. <laughs> computers are laughable compared to these days, but the action itself seems solid. The CGI, actually, for me, like when you see the lichens, uh-huh. is not bad, especially for being early 2000s. It's not bad. Yeah, I was thinking about that when you were like, we can laugh at the technology. I was thinking, you know, technology actually wasn't bad because I remember thinking this is believable. Like, there is no such thing as seeing a person turn into a werewolf and it not be hokey. Like it's gonna be it, it's it's by definition hokey because it's not it's fantasy. You can't like not like you can actually turn into a werewolf, you know. <laughs> but even still, I feel like the underworld series did it the best. Yeah, like it's, even 
it's the least hokey of all of them. Like the actual, the actual physical transformation from human to beast. I also like that they didn't overdo it. That several times when humans started to turn and then like the camera would pan to something else. And then like the wolf would just run past. Yeah. But like, even when like, you know, Celine or Kate Beckinsale resurrected Victor, even just seeing him kind of when he awakes and he started you know, come back to life when he's being re-injected with blood, how it felt on point that makeup was that um, they had Bill Nye on there, you know, playing Victor and just how it looked creepy and gross, but like, hey, this is probably what a corpse looks like if it would become reanimated. Yeah. Also, another thing that's like fairly gruesome, but surprisingly good detail when you know, when they cut Victor's head off, <laughs> when she, you know, when Celine just like slices through it yep, and he slowly, you know, slides off. When you get to see the glimpse of what his head looks like severed, like the, the top part, the top portion of his head without his, like with half of his brain, <laughs> like you gotta imagine this kind of, it's probably what it looks like. Yeah. A little creepy. Definitely. But yeah. But, but I mean, for me, the, the overall movie was a was a good thing, and they really knew how to play to a darker tone. Yes. But I also love like how because like every time I think like a vampire, you know, I always think like that, you know, kind of higher field society, and they had it in here, while they had the lichens or werewolves as like these rabbit dogs, and I don't know, everything felt like. It felt like it just worked to me. Yeah, I like that. I like the mythology of like the before they were lichens, when they were just werewolves, they were like these rabid beasts that couldn't be controlled and were ravaging towns. And, you know, the vampires took advantage of that and um, and took the silver that the, the towns paid him to get rid of the vamp, to get rid of the werewolves, use that to actually get rid of the werewolves, but then also used the money and the influence kind of like in a Palpatine move mm-hmm. of like, there's your obligatory star Wars. <laughs> yep. There we go. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, you kind of, you know, pull the Palpatine and he used that, that power and money to create this vampire empire, you know? And I, but I like the fact that it wasn't the original vampire that did it it was victor yep and um you know who essentially is just like a cruel evil capitalist that was willing to kill his daughter to save his company which is essentially the vampire it's like the brand you know the the brand of being a vampire that's why he killed his daughter like that's insane but that's that's pretty much what he would do and he would kill celine like he obviously he would kill celine he killed his daughter you know he has no compunction for that. Like he's, I would say arguably he was crueler as a human than vampires are like. So when, um, oh, what was the name of the brother that went to him? Was it Marius or Marcus? Marcus. Marcus. Um, when Marcus went to him, like, I don't think Marcus realized how cruel Victor was. You know, I think he just thought like, oh, this guy's like influential. He's smart. He can help me. I don't think he realized like, I don't think he knew what he was getting into. Well, Victor always, Victor to me seemed like that vampire who's going to get shit done regardless of what he has to do. Absolutely. As long as it benefited him somehow, then he'll make it happen. Exactly. Like I said, like to me, vampire. The, to me, like being a vampire to him was like a brand. Um, it was very much like this is like this is the image that I have for vampires. And he was essentially racist because if you think about it, like vampires and lichens are literally two peas in the same pot because they're brothers. Right. They, you know, they originally they started out as brothers. Um, so technically all of the, you know, all vampires and lichens are essentially cousins, right? Yeah, that's what that's why um, they call each other cousins in Underworld. 
because they came right. from the same strain of virus. Exactly. So, um, well, the same strand, and they, you know, they're they're brothers that started. You know, it was two brothers that began both of them. Um, so that being said, you would think that, and when the humans came and said, "Hey, help us handle the vamp or the werewolves," you would think that because of solidarity, that they'd be like, "Yo, those are our cousins," and that they would attack the humans and be like, "No, we're not going to help you." But instead, no, he pulled it. You know, because it's Victor, he pulled the power play. Yeah, it was like, pay us and we'll we'll take care of it for you. Yeah. And he palpatined himself up the ladder. <laughs> yep. Got the deformed face and everything. He did. <laughs> yeah. Uh I wonder what would have happened to vampires and werewolves had the one dude, I can't remember his name, but the guy, um, the guy who saved Victor, like the guy who ended up becoming the historian. If he hadn't figured out how to like preserve the elders and wake them up every few hundred years, if he hadn't come up with that technique, what would vampires have looked like now? You know, what would their evolution have been? I think they would probably be the same kind of way the lichens are, you know, shunned away from everything, you know, so like hiding in plain sight, trying to like like unorganized disenfranchised just yeah. trying to survive instead of being like these upper class beings who you know feed off of others right i think that's like i like to when i look at when i watch fantasy or read fantasy i like to it, it's like it engages my imagination so i like to like go a little further i'm like okay well what if this <laughs> or what if that or what happens next sometimes what happens next isn't as good as what happened to get you here, which again, underworld like nails it after underworld, they realized like, we got to go back in time and do the lore yep. and nailed it. Like I think rise of the Lycans is probably the best. Yeah. Cause I don't know, it, it was so well set up in the first movie that it was almost one of those, like they, they had to do it. Yeah. They just gave you like a teaser. Like here's the story. Ah, I know you're thinking that's a story I want to hear. Wait for it. <laughs> it's like, give us a few years. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. You'll, it'll be worth it. But just, you got to wait for it. I kind of hope Black Panther can do that with, well, they can't because Killmonger was like introduced. But like when they, because in Underworld, essentially everybody got killed off at the end with the exception of Celine and, um, and um, I wanted to say Scott because that's the actor's name. Why do I always do that? Michael? <laughs> yeah, Michael. I always do that. I always like, in, I always say it's the actor. Anyway, um, with, except for Celine and Michael, they, everybody else got killed. And, well, of course, Marcus survived, but, um, but then he gets killed in the next movie. Yep. So, but, but what was perfect about that though, was like, even though we wanted to see, uh, you know, we wanted to see more about Lucian and Victor and they're already dead. They're like, okay, cool. We'll go back in time and we'll tell you their story. And I kind of wish Black Panther could do that with Killmonger because I'm not ready to be done with Killmonger yet. He was a great villain. I don't know. This is snap happened. Anything can come back. Anyone can come back. No, that with the snap, I knew they were going to do this before. Like when Infinity War ended, I was like, okay, so the people who died outside of the snap are never coming. We're never seeing them again. So like the only way we'll see Vision is, well, Vi Vision is different because he wasn't human. So he isn't technically alive. So he can actually be recreated. But um, but as far as like humans, like Loki, well, Loki's not human, but still. But like Loki, he's dead, dead. And we're getting Loki again because, like, the characters that we got back, they didn't come back with the snap. And um, with the snap, the only people that came back are the people who were snapped out of existence. So right. if you died outside of being snapped out, you're not coming back, at least not that way. Again, they were able to bring Gamora back, but it's not the same Gamora. This is 2014 Gamora. They were able to bring Loki back because when they went back to the past, Loki escaped with a Tesseract. So now he's in another timeline fucking shit up, which is awesome. And I'm here for it. Yep. It's going to be um, in the TV series. Yes. Cannot wait. And um, Vision, it looks like it's coming back. And I'm really, really hoping, really, really hoping that they're going to do a reverse house of M. And this is how we're going to get mutants. And I'm so I'm hoping Got that a feeling they will. Oh, yes. 
So I'm I'm hoping that the way Vision is going to come back is Wanda's going to like realize her actual powers because in the comics she is insanely powerful and she doesn't need all of the things that you know like she doesn't she doesn't need to be tempered or anything and she really you know can't be um and she is reality she has reality warping powers so she could recreate vision i mean in the comics she literally created two children who grew to be like almost teenagers and they weren't real nope she just made them you know um like her her child her sons with vision and android you know, <laughs> so and then Probably when she decided work. no more mutants, she got rid of all but 298 of them. And like, like, that's that's the crazy thing is like, not that she got rid of them, but the fact that aside from Wolverine that well, even with Wolverine, but he was able to because of his healing abilities, he was able to kind of like wake up out of it. But she like totally changed all of Earth 616. Like yeah. when people like after everything went white and when everything came back, like Spider-Man was pretending to be a mutant, everything was and nobody had recollection with the exception of Wolverine. Nobody knew, not even Magneto, like everybody was just chilling. Nobody knew. And when Wolverine was like, where's Professor X? They're like, what you talk about? Like, <laughs> so she completely changed all of Earth 616 with literally a thought that's power and so i'm hoping that the mcu is going to be like nudging a little bit closer to that because right now she's nowhere close to that powerful in the mcu in mcu she's really like really restrained she's you know not she's not she can't be a mutant well she can now she can now yeah but before she was just a she was gifted and now she can be full-fledged mutant uh i pray to god they reveal that her actual father is magneto Kind of how it is in the comics. Uh, also, 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 bring back Quicksilver. Speaking of coming back from the dead, he should be back. He never should have died because it was bullshit how they handled him age. Well, Tron, but that's a different episode. Anywho, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do an MCU worst moments next next time. Oh, oh, but, oh my gosh. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> the underworld, huh? Back, back, yeah, back to Underworld. I always, this happens every single episode. You know what? Maybe that's my niche. My niche is my ADD-ness. <laughs> like, come for the come it for the movie be. that we're talking about and then, like, go on an adventure. You're really going to go on a cinematic adventure because who knows what movies I'm going to talk about. You know that Star Wars and the MCU are coming in, but you don't know how. <laughs> so, like, come for the movie. Stay for the tangents. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's like a train where, like, you have several stops, but you eventually get to the station. There you go. So how uh, we get to the end? I don't know. <laughs> okay, so Underworld. What is your favorite part of the first movie? I don't know. Like, I would probably say the final fight. You know, when you know Michael, well, when Celine bites Michael, he starts to kind of transform, transform the hybrid. Mm-hmm. Victor throws him, you know, through the wall, and they all kind of just have it out. And eventually, Celine cuts his head off. I think it's probably like the 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 best part. Um, but there's just so many good gems to this movie. Like, I love how they incorporated, like, incorporated like the technology into it, where they had liquid, what was it, liquid nitrate bullets, you know, mm-hmm. to kill the lichens. But the lichens also had concentrated sunlight, yeah, for bullets to kill the vampires. Like, that's just that's smart. I, yeah. I I like the aspect of that. And I mean, if you think about it, even though it's nearly 20 years later. That's still like that's still upgraded technology for it's us. It's still smart because it's like we don't have anything that's better than like liquid silver or liquid sunshine in a bullet. Like there's, we can't beat that. Twenty years later, you know, we still don't have actual hoverboards, but that's something you know we'll take that up with Michael J. Fox later. Uh- <laughs> yeah. And one one thing that well, I rewatched this you know last week or so when we kind of decided to do this movie, mm-hmm. just. It's been probably a good at least five, six years since 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 I've seen the movie, and just seeing like the lichens transform, how they did it made it feel like you said you know it's not real, but how they made it as real as they could, and seeing the lichens kind of run on the walls, 
It's like, oh yeah, they have really long claws. They're probably just busting through those bricks with their nails to run on the side of the walls. Yeah, that's another thing I like is that the the werewolves in their wolf form, they actually feel like for one, they actually seem menacing. Like I feel like if you were in a subway and you saw that coming at you, you'd shit your pants. You'd be like, ah, I'm gonna die. <laughs> like this is like a bear wolf hybrid. I'm fucked. Um make, and, make peace with someone. Right. <laughs> and um, and a lot of times in werewolf movies, they're not, it's literally just like the actor with makeup on, and that's not intimidating in the least. You're just like, I think I can outrun you. Like, I don't, you don't, you don't really scare me. But these werewolves, like they they looked intimidating and they also they carried their strength, you know. Mm -hmm. You can tell, like you said. When they hit a wall and that wall goes through, you're like, I believe it. Like, yeah, he can. They, if somebody picks you up and throws you like that and they're that huge and, you know, they're a feral wolf. Yeah, I. OK, I'm in. You know, disbelief suspended. <laughs> like, yeah, let's like, do this. Even like seeing the fights between, you know, the death dealers and the lichens, like when the lichens go full werewolf, it just feel like. Uh, the Death Dealers are going to die. Except for Celine. I know there's three more movies, so she ain't going to die, but the old ones, they did. Well, when I first saw it, I saw it in the theater, so I didn't, you know, we didn't know that there were going to be more movies. So it was just like, oh, what's going on? You know, who's who's this? What's happening? And yeah, you get the, you always get the feeling of like the main character isn't going to die. But then with this one, at the end, you never really know because when you find out, you know, when Victor is still alive and you find out that he killed his own daughter, you're like, well, all bets are off. Because technically, Celine's not really the protagonist. The, the protagonist is Michael. So mm -hmm. she could die. Like, he's the hybrid. She's just a vampire. He could kill her. So that was a little more intriguing for me because it was like, you know, maybe she dies in the crossfire. Especially for me, all bets were off when Lucian went down. When I saw that, yeah. like Lucian was like actually dead, because at first I was like, "No, he's not dead," because he was my favorite character up to that point. Mm -hmm. And when I saw like, "No, he's actually dead," I'm like, "Okay." With the exception of Michael, like all bets are off. Everybody else could be killed, you know. So especially in that final fight with well, Victor, after you find out all the horrible shit Victor's done, and every time she tries to kill him, he just keeps coming back, and he, it's like he's truly immortal, like he's unkillable. For me, like, I remember when I first watched this, you know, you're, you're rooting for the vampires because, you know, Celine's a vampire. She's like the main character of this one. And then, but like, rewatching it again, like, wait, Lucian's just trying to save his own kind. Yeah, I wasn't rooting for the vampires the first time. I was rooting for the werewolves. Yeah, but I mean, for me, like, you know, he's just trying to, you know, save his own kind. I mean, he has no real beef with vampires besides, you know, what they did to in the past, like his only goal is to make sure that there are more in the future. So he's trying to find this hybrid who become, you know, kind of their save all. So if it's you like, will, mm -hmm. Lucian is Magneto. True. Lucian is trying to save the lichen kind because, I mean, essentially, he, he really is. Because, like, think of Magneto, he was tortured in Auschwitz and, you know, and he was tortured for being a mutant. And then when he, he used his abilities to get free very much like Lucian. Lucian was tortured and um, you know, he was, he was a prisoner or not prisoner, but he was, um, he was a slave and then a prisoner and he was tortured for being um, a vamp or a werewolf. And he used his werewolf abilities to become free. And that sparked a war just like yep. with Magneto. It sparked a war, you know, Magneto was always trying to get ahead of the war between mutants and humans. Um, but with Lucian, like the war, he his leaving sparked the war, basically. Um, and he was just determined to do whatever necessary for Lycans to survive. And he realized that he was going to need a mutant or he was get, not a mutant, but like he was going to need a hybrid. Whereas with Magneto, he was like, if we can give everybody the mutant gene, then no everybody's war. a mutant and we win. <laughs> yep. So I, th I feel like they're direct parallels between Lucian and Magneto. 
Yeah, they're trying to be the savior of their kind. Yeah, they're, they're not. They're not doing it for selfish, selfish reasons. They're trying to do it just for a purely survival instinct. Yes, and they were brought there by evil people who harmed them first. So it's it's a a self it's it's not just self preservance, but it's um like a self defense mechanism because they didn't start it. Like Magneto didn't start it, Lucian didn't start it. But they were they were the type who were powerful enough and smart enough to be like, I'm damn sure going to end it. So to me, he's very much a parallel, especially when you get to Rise of the Lycans and you actually see what he did. And you're like, yeah, he's Magneto. Yeah, I'm right. Like, you you can just get you get to see like just the pain and suffering he went through. I mean, you get a taste of it in this first movie when, you know, Michael kind of sees Lucian's memories on that. Mm hmm. And you just kind of get that glimpse of quick pain and suffering that Lucian had endured. But in the third one, it's just so well drawn out of how is this guy still in the right state of mind? Exactly. You know how? Because he fights. Because like I was uh, I was watching somebody talk about that the other day and it was like, um, oh, you know what? It was when I was it was when I was looking up things for sorry to bother you. Army Hammer was talking about um, the opposite of PTSD, which is PTSD is like post-traumatic syndrome and you can have like flashbacks and, you know, like we all know what that is. But he said um, the opposite of that is, um, I forgot what he called it, but it's something like uh, like a Thrive PTSD or like, or like a, um, not, it's not PTSD. It's like, it's post-traumatic thriving instead of post-traumatic stress. And so basically what you do is you take the pain and you swear it off and you like force yourself to never be put in that position again. Kind of like Paris Hilton. Like she had a, a video the other day about the shit that she went through and she's like, she's determined to become a billionaire basically so that she never has to rely on her family's money so she can be her own person. Um, and she, do- she does that because of the shit she went through as a kid. And it's very much the same for Magneto and for Lucian. He, for what they went through, instead of being, instead of being traumatized, they thrive. They're like, okay, you're going to do that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make sure that it never happens to me or anybody of my kind again. And that becomes their life mission. Oh, post-traumatic growth. There you go. That's what it's called. And I, I I can see that, especially Magneto, especially Lucian, you know, yeah. in this movie, I mean, you could tell he's, he's determined, like in this movie, he's overly determined to the point where like, he'll openly risk himself to make sure that his kind survives. Like when he openly attacks Michael and Celine in the hallway, just to make sure he bites Michael to get the process started. Yep. Even though he knows very well that Sling could probably take him out. Yep. <laughs> I love when she hits him with a car. He's like flips over and lands on his feet. Like, all right, I'll see you later. Okay. One of my favorite scenes is right around that time. Um, I love when she was the, the part where she's like in the room, she's like fighting. She uses her guns to um to basically break through the floor. And yeah. she goes down like because <laughs> Lucian, I think Lucian and Michael are in the elevator. Yep. And she can't get there fast enough. And there's fighting going all around. So she just uses her guns and ru- turns in a circle. And like, that was the moment that kind of broke this belief for me because I'm like, I'm pretty sure you can't shoot through the ground and actually create a hole. On the floor. <laughs> like it's not a lightsaber. You're not getting through, it. but she just does it. You know, she just like spins around and then you see her just drop like an elevator. And I was like, that is awesome. She saw um, episode one before this. And she's like, what if I do that with guns though? <laughs> I love that, that scene. And she did that. Um, and then of course she just, you know, when the elevator opens, she just shoots Lucian and, um, and Lucian was like, fuck it. <laughs> like, yep. I'm, I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> yep. Go there. Bites it. Like, you know, I'm good. I also like the fact that Lucian knew way more like Celine was like clueless throughout this whole thing until the very end and yeah. Craven and Lucian both knew like nah your boy Victor Mr. Daddy figure he's the one who killed your whole family so maybe don't worship his ass you know 
it, it, it's funny. Very like, naive. You know, Craven in this movie. I mean, I remember even thinking this back when I first saw it in 2003. It's like the actor who was playing him mm-hmm. did so well at playing a, a pompous ass <laughs> that he almost overdid it a little bit. At some point, you're like, dude, are you phoning it in or are you just overdoing it? It's hard to tell which one you're doing, but you're still an asshole. <laughs> well, I mean, people like that exist. Oh, yeah. Every day. Yeah. <laughs> like in real life. Some of, um, who's the guy who played Craven? Who was the guy who played Craven? That's actually pretty good. Name. Oh, Shane Broly or Brawley. I have no idea how to pronounce that. But his first name's Shane. Yeah, I liked the I like the betrayal aspect too. Um, the betrayal is like betrayal goes through this whole thing. It's weaved into all of the stories. Like in the first one, it was Craven who betrayed the vampires. And later you find that um, you know, because he betrayed the vampires so that he could ascend the ranks. Yep. And then you later find out that actually Victor betrayed Celine. And he technically, like, I don't know if you can consider that tr- betraying, but they're like in the second one, or not the second one, but like in Rise of the Lycans, there was more betrayal because his daughter betrayed him. And then he, I technically consider it betrayal when he killed her, you know, because <laughs> she was his daughter. <laughs> pretty, pretty much a betrayal, you know? Yeah. Killing your kid. Savage. Oh, that's, watch. that's another thing that gets me. It's like they want to call the lichens the savage ones and the beast, and they're literally just living. Yes, they killed people and ate them, but they did that like people are, are what they eat. We killed chickens, is what I'm saying. Because um, they're so, delicious. <laughs> exactly. And I'm sure we're delicious to them. That's just the order of things. But they weren't like, Excuse me. They weren't like savage. They weren't going after humans for sport, you know, like the Indominus Rex or some shit. They were yeah. they would kill people like to eat them. But with the vampires, even though they had the air of civility, they were more vicious because lichens would never kill their own. They look out for each other. But mm-hmm. the vampires, like Victor, killed his own daughter, his flesh and blood. And then when he saw someone that he wanted, you know, a hundred, couple hundred years later, he saw someone that he wanted to replace his daughter. He killed her entire family and adopted her and lied to her and said that werewolves did it. Yeah. Just to yeah. get her on his side. Yep. That's a bastard if there ever was one. So screw your civility. I'll take the raw werewolves. To me, the werewolves have always been the good guys. Yeah. I mean, like I said, the werewolves were just really true to who they were. I mean, they only, like I said, they only really killed because they had to feed. The vampires, yeah, will kill whoever they need to to kind of finish their own agenda. Yeah. And it's it's messed up. Yep. But I like that, uh, you know, I like that, that dichotomy that even in, you know, just a goofy vampire movie, you can have some, there's some layer of of a lesson to be learned, <laughs> you know, there's a bit of uh, I, I feel like underworld benefited from movies like the matrix where it's like, just because it's an action sci-fi fantasy kind of realm doesn't mean you can't have layers. It doesn't mean it, ha- it can't have depth. And this felt like this felt like it did. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I, I liked it. I mean, cause yeah, you had, like you said, you know, the vampires and Selene really not knowing what's going on while Lucian is trying to save his kind and Craven is just making sure that he is staying in power. And when Selene wakes up Victor, he's just there like, you know what? I'm here to kind of hit the reset button. I I like the layers. And there's also like me being me. It's a good, it's a good way of showing you like, you know how people always say, Oh, I don't want politics in my movies. There's politics all up in this. But it's just, it's yeah. done well, so it's not in your face. So most people don't realize it. But this is an anti-capitalist movie. Speaking as an anti-capitalist. Because 
I mean, because think about it. Like, who are the bad guys? The capitalist vampires. Who are the good guys? Technically, technically, the good guys are the innocent people caught in between in the war who become hybrids. But you could say, like, as innocent as you could say they are, the werewolves. I mean, they're not innocent. They do eat people. But again, you know, survival. What can you know? But, uh, <laughs> you know, especially once they became like as soon as Lucian became civilized or not really civilized, but like as soon as Lucian could um, control it. And that's uh, then, you know, that's that's kind of when they became more. They became a bit friendlier to humans. They only hunted, you know, he had rules about when to hunt and how to hunt and everything. Um, and. That's another layer to it that I like. I like how they explored the rules of werewolves and vampires that we're used to. And some of them they keep, but some of them they kind of turn on their head. Like they keep the one about vampires with sunlight. They keep the one about werewolves with silver. But then the other, there are others that they like turn on their head. That Like um, the rule of if a vampire elder is killed or the vampire who turned you gets killed, then all the vampires in their line die. It turns out that was a lie that Victor told just so nobody would kill him because he knew he was a bastard. (laughs) So it's like, I like that, you know, I I like how it has its own lore and it has, you know, it has its own rules. And the thing that I love the most about it is even in all five movies, it doesn't break its own lore. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's that's one thing that drives me crazy about the sequel trilogy in Star Wars. I feel like the people who made some of them weren't watching all of them because like some shit you can't do, man. You know, you can't break your own lore. If you set up your rules, you got to stick to it. And I like that. Like, I think um, Underworld does a pretty good job of doing that. Again, I don't really remember four and five all that well, but I do know one, two and three, like lock it down. I yeah. feel like one, two, and three are pretty much just, it's kind of like the matrix where it's one story. It's just told in three separate movies. Cause really it's like, if you think about it, it's the story of, well, it's multiple stories. Cause you've got, it's multiple threads to the one story. Um, it's the story. Like you've got Victor, Celine, Michael, uh, what's his name? Um, the, the daughter, what was the original daughter's name? I forget. I always want to call her Celine, but Celine is the Celine is Kate, Kate Beckinsale. They didn't start with an S as well. But, yeah, but I can't remember her name. Holy Sonya. crap! Uh, Sonia, yes. So I I just looked it up. Somebody gave Evolution a one star on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> what kind of shit? Why would you do that? It is not. Oh my goodness. It has it's un, it's underworld evolutions rating on Rotten Tomatoes is 17% for the critics and 72% for the audience. Yeah, for me, Rotten Tomatoes always has like varying degrees. Like almost it's almost like they want to push certain movies. So I, I really look at like the actual audience, what the audience wanted, because they're because I am the audience. It's almost like critics aren't real people. <laughs> it, it's bots. <laughs> It's just bots. Just bots. Critics, like, I think critics just see the world. Dip- Here we go. Underworld, Rise of the Lichens, and Rotten Tomatoes, one and a half stars. Go home, Rotten Tomatoes, you're drunk. Like, what the shit? This was a quality movie, damn it. Anywho. Hey, Rotten, Tomatoes, Rotten Tomatoes just never left the bar. That's all it is. Right? Okay, so anyway, um, so you have Sonya and Lucian's story. Well, okay, so technically you have Sonya's story, you have Lucian's story, you have Victor's story, you have Celine's story, and you have Michael's story. And then you kind of have Craven, but then in the background, you also have the original three. You've got, you know, Corvus um, and his three sons, one of whom is like never ever mentioned, even though he's technically why we're here, because um, he's the one, he's the the ancestor to Michael, mm-hmm. which it that's amazing. How did that son, is that son just like chilling somewhere in the background? Is he like immortal? How is it that they, so he had three sons. One was bitten by a bat, became a vampire, which by the way, why don't any of these bastards turn into bats? Like I want to see some Dracula shit. Anywho, um, (laughs) second, 
got bitten by a wolf and became a werewolf. And the third was like chilling. I am so glad he didn't get bitten by a spider. That's all I'm going to say. Anywho. Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the third one didn't get bitten by anybody. Did he? I don't remember. Did he die? Like, was he immortal? I don't think so. I think he, I think he has passed on. Right. That's what I thought. So here's my question. If that son wasn't immortal like the other two sons and the father, how is it that Daniel was able to become a hybrid? Michael? Michael, sorry. Yeah, Michael. Um, how is it that Michael was able to become a hybrid? Not sure. Because I, I know they keep saying like they're cousins that they're, you know, from the same strain of virus. So Yeah, but if that know. if if the virus that's what I'm saying. Like if the vi- if it's the virus that gave them the immortality, right? First mm. of all, what happened to that virus? How come it's not coming back around? We can't get rid of COVID, but y'all have an immortality virus and you ain't sharing. That's not fair. Well, anyway. maybe, you know, got bit by the bat and they smacked the bat and it died. <laughs> like like a mosquito. <laughs> so like the no more, no more virus. It's just gone. So it's now contained to my bloodline. It's, it's contained to just, it was contained to the four of them. Also, did they have a mother? I don't even remember her being mentioned. I just well, remember like the guy and his three sons. Well, if they're taking a piece from Disney, uh, there is no mother. She died somehow. Okay. Tragic. Tragic. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, that's one question I have. What One kind of like loophole. How is it that the son that wasn't immortal has because like throughout the bloodline, none of them were immortal. Like his father wasn't immortal. His, his grandparents weren't immortal. They all, you know, none of them were immortal. So how is it when he gets turned, he can be, he can become immortal. So is it just like, Oh, because you're of this bloodline. Cause that's, that's the thing that like, doesn't make sense. Like everybody is, all of them have like, okay. So all three of the sons, have the DNA, right? right? They've got the the Corvus DNA, right? <clears throat> so, if one son gets the disease and dies, one son gets the disease, gets bitten by a bat, becomes a vampire. One son gets the disease, gets bitten by a werewolf, uh, by a wolf, becomes a werewolf. Okay, so the bloodlines that pass on, they're immortal because the initial parent was immortal, right? Right. So, if the initial parent, which is the third son, wasn't immortal. How the hell is that bloodline going to protect Michael? Because with normal humans, if you get bitten by a vampire, you become a vampire. If you get bitten by a werewolf, you either die or you turn into a werewolf. So with him, he gets bitten by a werewolf. Then he gets bitten by a vampire. But because he's got the failed son's DNA, he's supposed to be okay? Like, why? Well, I think I think it's because, um, you know, since he's a direct descendant of the third son who remained mortal, that he was basically a blank slate. He had the adaptability to become either side, but when Lucian bit him, you know, yeah, it was kind of occurring inside of him you know, before the full moon came out, but when Selene bit him, it was kind of like before the transformation could take place, you had the the same virus, both sides of it linking together on this blank slate. I think that's what it is. And, you know, in the beginning, they had like, you know, all those Corvins, you know, all the names, drug mm-hmm. licenses, all that kind of list on the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're seeking out Michael. I think it's because all of them, all the Corvins, those Corvins might have been a descendant of that third son, mm-hmm. but didn't have the adaptability. That's why Michael was like the chosen one. So in other words, had, it's not just the DNA, it's a recessive trait in the DNA. Yeah, that's what, that's okay. what I'm thinking. Okay. We are nerds. Now I see why your podcast is called Nerd One, because yep. we just did a deep dive into the genetics <laughs> of vampires and werewolves. <laughs> yep. And next episode, uh, guys, how to find that, la- that right lady. <laughs> You would know you're married. So. Yep. Uh, don't ask me. I don't know shit about that. <laughs> oh, wow. 
Yeah, I can't believe we took like a, we did like ten minutes to just do like a genetic lesson on vampires yeah. and werewolves. Biology's a bitch. <laughs> Especially if you get bitten by a rabid wolf or vampire or a bat. Yeah, you get bit by the bat, smack the bat. You get bit by a werewolf, smack the wolf, and they both die, and you're you're it. Wouldn't you think that if you got bitten by a vampire, you would be like the traditional vampire? Well, I mean, technically he did, because when you look at Marcus, he was. He had bat wings. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Yeah, because that happened in what the second movie? Yeah, when he, comes, like when he flies after part him. of Marcus. Yeah. Yeah. So then how come none of the rest of them developed the bat wings? They do have the ability to like they I don't even think any of them, any of the rest of them can fly. They can like fall and land like Jedi. But they can't like fly. They can't like take up, take off off the ground. I I wonder if this maybe another reason why I call it evolution is that he gave into more of the bat side than the humanity side of him. Because the, the way I kind of see it is that you know someone gets bit by a vampire or the first person be, to be bit by the bat to get the virus. They're, they struggle so hard to remain on their human side that only enough of the bat DNA integrates into their body for them to become a vampire. Hmm. But what if when Marcus, you know, turned, he was like, all right, awesome. I'm becoming a full-fledged bat. And he becomes basically the human version of Batman where, where he embraces the bat fully and his Wait, body changes and he gets wings and he can fly. Not Batman. You mean like man bat and DC. yeah because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i thought about that i was like wait batman does batman can't fly but man bat can <laughs> well in you know one comic he does turn to a vampire he can't fly i mean if you're gonna do that then like all of marvel's been zombies so i mean you, you can pick and choose. It's like with comics, it's like the Bible. You can pick whatever storyline fits the narrative you're trying to tell. <laughs> you know? Like if you but, want a flying Batman, you can find a flying Batman. But I can also trump that with zombie Captain America. So. You know? Also zombie Spider-Man who can shoot veins out of his wrist instead of, instead of webbing. Ew. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> But that, that's kind of my theory of why Marcus can fly in the second one is because he maybe maybe not even voluntarily, but maybe the virus adapted to him more thoroughly to where his body tried to take on as much of the bat as possible. And that's why he actually was able to grow wings and be, I think, the only one who could fly. Yeah, but he is the original, though. So mm-hmm. that makes sense because he's the first, you know, he's the one. He's the he's the son. He's yeah. the son that was bitten by the bat. So that makes sense. Like why he would be the one to be able to, you know, to be able to fly. But well, um, you know, be, being the firstborn, there's always special privileges, right? Well, not for is, is he the eldest of the three? I thought so. That would explain why he's such a prick. He was a good villain. I guess you could tell I'm not the oldest. Neither <laughs> am I. Uh, I am, in fact, the youngest. <laughs> a middle. Oh, so you're for- forgotten. Yep, the forgotten one. The forgotten one. Yeah, my brother's not forgotten. He's uh, he's the golden one. There you go. Uh, what can you do? Anyhow, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just noticed Halloween's on a Saturday. That would and be awesome full moon. if we could. Yeah, a full moon Halloween on a Saturday during a pandemic. I told you sweeps week is going to be crazy. Okay, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be wild. <laughs> That's and, all I can tell you. Okay, someone said like, you know, this year was a perfect year for everything. Like Valentine's Day was on Tuesday for tacos. St. Patrick's Day was on a Saturday. Like Halloween's on a Saturday, the full moon. St. Patrick's There's Day like, wasn't on a Saturday. Wasn't. Mm-mm. Because oh, my birthday something. is the day after St. Patrick's Day, and my birthday was on like a Wednesday. Oh, so it was on a Tuesday. There's there something else going, on, like some other holiday that I fall on a weekend. Uh, well, yeah. St. Patty's Day is like it's not really just a day; it's like it's the month. You know what? St. Patty's Day is my New Year's Eve. That's what St. Patty's Day is, and Dane there Cooks. Is. We've come full circle. Uh, ah, full circle. He's got a yeah. album called Full Circle. There you go. <laughs> Uh, he has good comedy. 
Yeah. I like a lot of people can't stand him, but you know what? It makes me laugh. So I don't care. And he has my birthday. So he and Adam Levine and Queen Latifah and Vanessa Williams. They're all cool. I have no idea who I share birthday with. I do because I'm just vain enough to find out. (laughs) Uh, You remember like back in the in the day when like on the radio, they used to come on and be like, today is so and so's birthday. That's how I thought. Yeah. Okay. And that and like I was a fan of Dane Cook's. And um, I think he was the first person I followed on Twitter. And um, it was like, no, with him, it was E.T. With It was uh, Entertainment Tonight. They were like, on my birthday, I just, you know, was watching it. And they were like, celebrating a birthday today, Dane Cook. And I was like, ah, oh, Dane Cook. <laughs> so, yeah, for me, yeah. it's like, oh, birthday's here. That's cool. I mean, I don't do anything anymore. I used to. Now I don't care, but I still think it's cool that like other people were born on that day, which yeah. is, you know, it's inevitable. There are only 365 to have been born. Well, technically 366, but whatever. About every four years, born 366. Huh? Every four years, there's 366. Yeah. At least I wasn't born on a leap year. When you hate to be 30, but actually be like four. <laughs> that's that's when you just lie about it. Yeah. Like, were you born 1990? What day? Uh, February 28th. Yeah, what like, day? Oh, yeah, that's cool. Yes, that's that's when I was born. Yes, mm-hmm. so your license says 29th. Like, oh, yeah, that's a typo because you know, we all know there's no February 29th. Oh, yeah, that's right, it's a typo. <laughs> if that were my birthday, I would fuck with people. I would be like, my birthday is February 30th. <laughs> I've told people that before, and they're like, wait, what? I was like, yeah, look it up. I like to mess with people because people it takes people like an amazingly uh, like quite a while to figure out when you say shit like my birthday is March 45th you know <laughs> like there's no 45th day of any month you know like I like to do that to people like I don't necessarily say my birthday but if somebody is like what day are you going to do something and it's like something you don't want to do I'll just be like the 42nd I don't like, know what you, really, what you really do is mess with them be like oh, I'll do like June 31st there you go yeah because yeah, that's just, a little more believable. Yeah, because people don't. It takes a minute for them to for it to click that there are thirty one days in June. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like and you could like get away with it. You could actually like walk away and before they go, wait a minute. <laughs> like, I have spoken. It's fun to fuck with people. <laughs> yeah. Right, Landsman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When we have like the whole like. Four person or five. How many, how many people we're gonna have on that kind of group podcast we're doing? I'm gonna basically just like totally berate him. <laughs> yes, I am here for it. It's, it's like, gonna be my name. Four- <laughs> it's gonna be four of us total. Um, all all of you guys and, and me. So me, you, uh, Doug, and Sean. And I swear to you, as soon as I can figure out how to edit it in. I am going to take Taika Waititi's voice going, hello, Doug. And every time I say his name, that's what's gonna, <laughs> it's just going to be like, hello, Doug. Uh, I'm not that good at editing yet, but trust me, like once I learn how to edit, this shit's going crazy. Like, um, so I'll be like, somebody get her away tutorials. from the button. Oh, be awesome. So awesome. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, um, that I hope that's going to be like, that that should be fun. It's probably yeah. going to be a little bit chaotic having four people, you know, all talk at the same time. But well, I've actually fun. I've actually done before. Um, so kind of shout out to my other guys, um, mm-hmm. Adam, Isaac, and oh crap, I forget his name. Um, we actually did one called Unite the Four, where it was the four of us through the Anchor app of all things. Mm-hmm. We all because it was. Me here in Orange County, and one was LA County, the other two were uh, Coachella Valley. And we all got together for about three, four hours or so to dissect Justice League. That's what Sean, the last movie I did with Sean, it was, uh, was it Justice League? Or, oh no, it was Batman v Superman. The next one we're going to do is Justice League. Ooh, okay. Because he wants to, yeah, he uh, wants to dive into that before, uh, before Justice League rewrite comes out. Yeah. 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 But it was funny because throughout the whole podcast, the moment 
we said anything about bad about Josh Whedon, our connection dropped. Oh yeah, I remember you telling me that. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Maybe we can do a reaction. Um, we could all get together again and do a reaction one. When uh, do you have HBO Max? Yep, it's part of my cell phone plan. Okay, cool. When um when Justice or not when yeah the the Snyder cut of Justice League comes out, we can do like a reaction pod to that. That would be kind of nifty. Well, you know they're doing it in four episodes, right? One hour each. Yeah, but I mean, like okay. after we watch them. Okay. So, um, so let's say they, they let's say they come out on like a Monday. We can all watch them and like talk about it on Tuesday or something. Fair enough. Yeah, because I have a feeling like all of us are going to be watching this. I don't see Doug skip or not Doug, but I don't see Sean skipping that because that was his whole thing. Like he he wanted to discuss it. Um, I'm I know I'm going to watch it because I have uh I have eight, I have you know cable and. If you have HBO through cable, you get HBO Max with it. Because yep. it's like the because they got rid of HBO Go and HBO Now. So you have to have HBO Max if you have like to have it as an app. So I have HBO Max because I have, you know, eight, because I pay for HBO through cable. Um, so I'm definitely going to watch it. And I don't see, you know, I know Sean's going to watch it. I don't see Doug skipping it. So. We could do like a reaction pod. That would be kind of cool. Like every week we watch it and we talk about it. Now that I think about it, that's totally what we should have done for the boys. Because you and I did the episode on the first season. We should be doing like reaction pods to the boys. We could do that on your show. Yeah. I mean, season finale is, is this is coming Friday. I haven't seen it because I was waiting for the, I was just going to binge it. Okay. Probably will. Have you seen it? Have you been watching season two? Yeah. We are. It's, season. um, Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna leave that. It's um, it's yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we can do that. We can uh, we can. Is that what you want to do for next month? You want to do the season two for the boys since you did season sure. one? All right, cool. So we'll do that. Definitely. All right. All right. So next month will be the boys season two, which you know just means we'll have to binge watch an entire season. <laughs> it's only eight hours. This is true. Which I mean, I can't say shit because I've spent four days in a theater, so you know. See, you good? I'm good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I literally have medals for that. I had a friend who was like making fun of me because she was like, "This is some bullshit." Because um, it you know they call it a marathon, obviously. Well, she ran like I would do. <laughs> I do Marvel marathons where I sit in a theater for several days and just watch all the Marvel movies. She does Marvel marathons where you dress up like a character and you go and you physically run like a, a marathon. And then in the end, you get a little, you know, you get a little medal. And she saw my medal that I got from sitting, just sitting on my ass and watching movies. <laughs> and she was like, God damn it. Your medal looks identical to mine. <laughs> it's like, but mine's cooler. Yeah, I mean, I, like I saw it. It's it's almost the exact same metal. Um, but the difference is like she had to train and like, you know, physically go through stuff. My training was having seen the movies previously. But I will say, though, like I'll, I'll probably do a mini episode on this one day. I'm like marathon prep. You can't just you can't just show up to a movie marathon. You've got to prep ahead of time because just like anything, like if you don't. I did a marathon one time where I was in a theater for like a couple of days and I got sick the next day because your body, human body is not designed to sit for 48 hours. That's not how that's supposed to work. You're not supposed to sit for 48 hours and eat nothing but junk food. You're supposed to get exercise. You're supposed to like drink water, eat real food. And if you don't do that and you're not prepared, you're going to get sick. Or you're at the very least, you're just going to feel like shit the next day. And once I learned how to properly do a marathon, I was better prepared so that when I did the 22 movie marathon for Endgame, the next day, all I felt was, you know, emotions for Endgame. I didn't physically have any issues. But the, the emotional ones were enough because that was a hell of a movie, man. It was a wild ride. I'm about to get into it with Doug because the last time I talked to him, he said he hated Endgame, and I almost ended everything right there. I it was very close. I was he's he's not human then, right? 
Right? He has no soul. He sold that off years ago. Ugh. Doug. Doug. (laughs) You know, this is fair, though, because in the last episode, he called you Lance. So, you know, turnabout is fair play. Uh, (laughs) I kind of love this because it's going to, like, amp up. Like, you guys haven't ever talked to each other except, like, through Twitter. (laughs) So I'm liking, like, the tensions are going to mount, and then we're all going to get on the call together, and I'll be like, dun, dun, dun. All the drama. Fuck you too. All right. We got that out of the way, didn't we? All right. Yeah. All right. Cool. Let's talk about movies. (laughs) (laughs) Wait for my obligatory Star Wars reference. (laughs) Round one. But I love it. Like, you two are going to go at it. Meanwhile, Sean and I are the martial artists, and we're just going to be sitting back eating popcorn and shit, (laughs) listening to the drama. I'm not more martial arts, I'm more sumo wrestling. I'll knock you down and sit on you. How about that? Uh, I don't I don't know that that's better. I don't think it is. <laughs> Being sat on? Mm-mm. That's that's not appealing. Uh, victory's <laughs> a victory. Yeah, it's a victory's a victory. Okay. <laughs> All righty. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. Usual spiel. Where can people find you? Well, my site is anchor.fm for slash nerd one. But if you search nerd one, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or iHeartRadio, you'll find me. Until next time. Peace. If you like this episode, do us a favor. If you're listening through Apple, give us a five star rating or any other app, drop us a like, and don't forget to subscribe so that you can hear new episodes when they come out. Thanks. In case I don't see you. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. (laughs) Yeah.